there. Hello. Good morning. Good morning. Welcome to It's Not an Allegory. I'm here on this really obnoxiously cold March morning with my lovely co-host, Erin. I'm Pam, and we're going to talk about one of my hobby horses that I love to talk about, which is Proverbs 31. First, what am I drinking? Um, the best coffee ever, just so everybody knows, but it's Travis's Ethiopian Yurgachev. Which we've had multiple times on this podcast, so we won't bore you with the details, but man, this is delicious. I will just so. remind you that this is the best the, the, It's the best coffee one. ever. It's my favorite. It's nutty. It's it's so warm and pleasant. It's so smooth. I was technically going to start my coffee fast today, and I said no because Ethiopian Yurgachev. <laughs> because podcast. Podcast, so, and we have to have I'm, coffee. So. I'm going to have the wickedest, that's not even a word, the worst headache that anybody has known for the rest of the week when I try and go off coffee, but it's going to well, be Well, I'm going to avoid you, and I'll just bring you love and affection from a 10-foot pole, drop yep. it in your room, and leave. Just throw chocolate at me Brilliant. from the distance, and just, yeah. I take cool. and I, coffee, yeah. Ch- chocolate, and ibuprofen. Yeah. I'll throw those at you. Yeah. Well, I take a one-week-a-month coffee fast just because I used to drink so much coffee that I was so addicted that it looked like I was hungover every time I stopped drinking coffee for a I, day. I don't and think so, I'm quite that bad. I was bad. I was that bad because I drank co- like six cups of coffee every day for oh my s- four years minimum, and so now oh, wow. I I made it a habit just to once a month just no no more coffee, and then I'm less awful. Yeah, I drink one to two cups a day, and I went. I guess I went without it for a yeah. week a while ago, and I did have a wicked headache, and that was not fun. Mm-hmm. But after I got over the headache, it was the it hardest wasn't bad. part. Is I I have to remind myself that tea has caffeine too. So what my normal brain is I'm on a coffee fast. I won't drink coffee. So I'll then you drink, drink tea. caffeinated tea, and then I'm like, wait, this is not helping me. I just drink six cups of Earl Grey instead of a cup of hot chocolate. <laughs> so now I'm just hot chocolate, and that works pretty well actually. I love hot chocolate. I love throwing things in hot chocolate. Throwing or like gently placing? Uh, both. Okay. I've, I've definitely Marshmallows. thrown. Marshmallows. What else? Rolo. Rolo. I've thrown Rolos Ooh, in hot chocolate. Um, one time my fiance made me a cup of hot chocolate that had half an arrow bar in it. Ooh. That would be nice. You, won't, you wouldn't like this one, but I throw after eights in my coffee sometimes. I know hot, hot chocolates. Are. I know a lot of people who do that. I just mint you, you chocolate. You don't like mint chocolate. Disgusting. I know that you don't like so, mint chocolate. I love mint chocolate. I understand because so you know you get the cool menthol and then you get yeah. the chocolate yeah. and the warm. Yeah, I just don't like it. So I support you. Yeah. Just okay. Here's a wrong. question to make you angry. Absolutely. This is how we like to start off our mornings. I love it. Hit me, Pam. What is the most feminist abused? passage in the scriptures now notice i said that very carefully i didn't say abused by feminists or abused by not abused for feminists abused at used to abuse feminists you could take it either way maybe i didn't quite word it as carefully as i meant to either way i want to know which is the most femininity abused passage in the scriptures yeah, well, real okay, now. first Look off, it up in the, dictionary. <laughs> the amount of verses taken out of context in Proverbs and Song of Solomon 
is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And that's more just like the Instagram bio kind of abuse. Like, uh, abuse she's, might be a strong word. Yeah. But, but for Instagram like, bios, I don't like, think Instagram bios yeah. are very abusive. It's just Instagram. Well, it's just like <laughs> taking verses that are very out of context yeah. and like, this is for me. It's like, no, that's it, actually from that was Song for of Israel. Solomon. <laughs> Between a husband and a wife, and it's very specific context. We had anyway. a podcast on Song of Solomon already, so I'm guessing Did. we're not talking about no. Song of Solomon. Um, I, I don't about... know the reference for it, but the verse where it says there is no male or female, Jew or Greek. That's Paul. Yeah, Paul says it. Yeah. Um, slaver free is often abused. By feminists, because it kind of implies that there's no... Galatians. Galatians. Galatians That sounds about right. Um, There's no gender, so there's no roles, so you can do whatever you want. (laughs) On the feminist side... that's totally what Paul was saying. Yep, that's it. Um, So, on the feminist side, that's probably the one I see the most abused. Towards women, I think it's a toss-up for me. First Timothy... And Second Peter, and obviously Proverbs thirty-one, hmm. are the ones that ticked me off the most hmm. for most of my life, and they're the ones that everyone, every Christian woman has heard quoted to them. Every Christian woman has done a Bible study on at least one of them, <laughs> which there's nothing wrong there's not, with. Nothing wrong with that. It's just like in a ministry to women, like there are passages are, that are directed to women yep. that. Are useful. They can to use. be. However, however, I don't think that's what actually that's not one was for. What that's for. This also, one I've also seen like the feminine. Like I guess it would have been the early stages of feminist movement, where mm-hmm. it would have been like you're supposed to be like a Proverbs thirty one. Like here's what a Proverbs yeah. thirty. She's strong and she yeah. Yeah, does all of these things. Look how independent she is. All of these things. Mm-hmm. So that means that you're supposed to be exactly yes. like her. And I don't know. There's the suffragette mo- movement. Yeah. Is a picture of it. Suffragette movement would have definitely been a huge picture of that. However... Uh, Modern-day feminism looks nothing like the suffragette movement, And I think the the reason... Not that I was around for early days of feminism. Yeah, because you were around for that. Pam, (laughs) you just called me old. How dare you? Yeah, um, I did that on purpose. (laughs) But I think, like, the the reason I say the first Peter one is, like, if you don't dress to the idea that the church has... Then you get First Peter thrown at you, or Second Peter, can't remember which one, where it's like, which passage? Uh, where you need to not braid your hair or be adorned. Oh, yep, that passage, yeah. that passage. And so it's like, well, okay, they were actually being told not to dress like the temple prostitutes, not context, to not look please. nice. Yeah, <laughs> historical context is kind of helpful so, for that. Yeah, I think that's the one that just bothers me the most. I've read so many, I was given so many books on modesty growing up. Where I was like, you don't need to wear a lot of jewelry, or do your hair, or wear clothes that have obnoxious symbols on them. I I wore a skillet t-shirt, so I don't know. That's kind of obnoxious, I guess. I but love skillet. <laughs> me too. But like, yeah, I was. I have a couple books on that passage that just I remember really bothering me because it was clearly out of context. So yeah. <laughs> But Proverbs 31, it's kind of the, the pinnacle, the peak. Yeah. The peak passage to be taken out oh. of context. Now, here's the thing. Proverbs is 
a ton of different proverbs that feel like they're just kind of slapped in there. Mm -hmm. There is some order and reason to them, absolutely. Mm -hmm. But those are ones where it's like you do take one proverb out and it is supposed to give you a a visual kind of illustration Mm -hmm. for godly living, for Mm -hmm. living wisely. And that's kind of the whole theme of Proverbs is wisdom versus folly. Mm-hmm. The, the the friend and the fool. Which ones would you are better company and which ones should you strive to be so you are better company? Mm-hmm. Not dragging people down, but building people up in love. So that's that's the book of Proverbs. And we're yeah. going through it in class right now, so it's kind of very perfect that we would talk about it today. So. Yeah. But Pam, why why did you want to talk about Proverbs thirty one today? Um, well, okay. I actually in the back of my mind, have always kind of wanted to talk about this on our podcast. And it's I was in our just, list. It is. It's it's one that I've thought about writing a book about. Last year, a friend of mine and I like talked for about an hour on how we should write a book on this. Um, just because I remember going to a Bible study when I was 13 and being told that they, okay, this, this, Passage has a lot about a woman working, a woman, like, being, providing for her family, being really smart with her money. And for an hour and a half, all we talked about was her husband and her children. And that was the pinnacle of a Proverbs 31 woman, which is about three verses in this passage. Mm. And... Um, yeah, they closed it by saying that the pinnacle of a Proverbs 31 woman is having a husband and kids that are taken care of by the wife. And mm. I just kind of sat there, I'm like... Is that all that women are That's not for? really at all mm-hmm. what this passage is. Like, it's it's an aspect, but... And that is a good... And thing. it's yeah, it's great, but that's there's so much. There's more nothing. To it. Yeah, exactly. It's just, she's missing so a lot. That's it's, there. It's kind of been my hobby horse since mm-hmm. I was like 13 years old. When I wasn't a Christian, it was me explaining how the Bible is anti-Christian, anti-female, and now I'm like, oh wait, it's actually very, very much. And it's for women. It's very funny that you and I would talk about this yeah. because you would definitely lean towards being a feminist mm-hmm. more than I would. I would lean a lot more complementarian, mm-hmm. um, not a huge fan of the current feminist movement, mm-hmm. suffrage movement. I, I think there were some really good things that came out of that. You're Excellent. too political to not love voting. I'm too political <laughs> to not love voting. Exactly. I, I like politics a lot. Um, mostly it just shows the, the state of the world and it's a very sad, um, sad thing. Feminist movement, I think, has gone too far. Mm-hmm. So when we talk about feminism, um, you're probably talking, you're more referring to an older version of feminism than what you would see on the streets today. Um, right? Or, like, like clarify that for okay. me. Okay, well, I've studied every wave of feminism. Mm-hmm. And so, and I, like, hyper-focused on feminism for, like, two weeks. Wow, that sounds healthy. It was so healthy. Um <laughs> It all blurs together in my mind. <laughs> it's all, like, when I say I think it's all the same movement, it's because I spent two weeks and absorbed all the information I could mm. on feminism <laughs> and then was like, I'm good to go. Um, so when I talk about feminism, I think more, like, just, I guess the older feminism and when I'm talking about this passage, I'll get, like, 
in other topics again to newer feminism, mm-hmm. but this is more, yeah, this is me going back to older feminism roots. Yeah. And which, which would be, like, can you just define um, the terms here? Believing that women can do more than be housekeepers, mm-hmm. and that women can provide for their families, that women are not just in the home making babies and cooking. Mm-hmm. Which is my personal pet peeve. Um, yeah, and this passage is a really cool picture because um, this passage isn't actually about the woman, in my opinion. Mm. This passage is about a person who reflects godly character in every aspect of her life. It doesn't actually mm. matter what gender she is or what she's doing. As you go through the passage, she's... Using what she's been given to glorify God Mm. with every aspect of her life. So it's not actually even about feminism. It's about godly living. Mm -hmm. And it's not like people will throw it at girls and be like, yeah, this is... This is your model. This is what you're going to be. And we have all the memes about it. We have all the jokes. We have all the books. Some of which are funny. Some of... Oh, yeah. Some of them are hilarious. I do think they're hilarious. I I make a lot of jokes. I send them to Tyrell all the time. My favorite one is when you want a Proverbs 31 woman and then the reference about JL. But you get the reference of JL Mm. killing the guy. Yeah. JL's the woman who took a tense peg... And drove it through General yep. Cicero's head. Because he was he an was awful man. evil, awful man, and they were, yeah. And, awesome. Um, yeah, Epic I woman. Said, and <laughs> I sent it to my fiancé, and he <laughs> said, I got both, and I like it. And I was just like, yeah, uh-huh. you did. Yeah, you did. <laughs> yeah. Like, something to keep in mind. Like, I mentioned it kind of, but the first eight chapters of Proverbs is about a woman. Mm-hmm. She's called Wisdom. So it's mm-hmm. an allegory for wisdom and seeking after. And then there's another woman named Folly. And it's contrasting these two pictures and it's giving you a lot of visuals to see the difference between wisdom and folly and what does wise living look like? What Mm -hmm. does foolish living look like? Now, here's an important hermeneutic how to read your Bible thing about scripture. So when there's things that bookend, it's kind of important. Like if you notice something starts one way and ends with a similar theme, just pay attention. It's kind of important. It's very common in Jewish writing and Jewish literature. And it will help you read your Bible if you notice the things Mm -hmm. that kind of close off each other. They start one way and they Mm -hmm. end in a very similar way. Mm -hmm. Proverbs starts with a woman and ends with a woman. First one's an allegory. I don't think that the second one is supposed to be this literal model of you have to do exactly what this is. I think there is an aspect of allegory to her. We've been told that she's not an allegory. She's not an allegory. She's life. But... Look at us go. (laughs) (laughs) But she does have... It's a picture of (laughs) of someone who lives a godly life, it's not a prescription. Mm-hmm. Your prescription is to live like Christ. Yeah. First and foremost. I was going to save that for the end. We should start with that. Yeah, we should start with that. Live and like Jesus. <laughs> so, you know, we started this with, like, the whole feminist thing. And that was more, I think, to get Aaron, Aaron poking my button. Well, no, it wasn't. It was well, more yeah. to see what perspectives were coming Fair from. Enough. So yeah. you'll hear it throughout our you, conversation You definitely here. will. You're going to hear But just so you know, that. I'm just clarifying. It's like we're not hiding that. No. We have these biases. No. Absolutely not. at all. Yeah. But, you know... I think you probably figured it out if you've been yeah, listening oh, for a yeah. while. You've, if you've, you've made it this far, you you know this. Um, but yeah, <laughs> the the point of this and the what I hope people get out of listening to this podcast episode specifically is that it it actually doesn't matter if you are male or female, 
Jew or Greek, slaver slaver free. free. You're supposed to live like Christ. All are one in Christ Jesus. Which is actually also the point of that passage. Yep. So now Ooh, you look know, at us tying it all we're together. Tying it all together. Oh, beautiful. It's but like we planned this or something. It's like we did that. We we did not plan this. <laughs> I went to bed. Um, I woke up with Disney Plus still on. Oh yeah. Just hanging out there. I think I watched Beauty and the Beast last night. I think I made it through two minutes. So I've Brilliant. become my parents. Side note. Getting old. Anyway. Yeah. Anyways. So in this passage, before we start, I want to go back to what Erin said about bookends. Mm. So, yeah, she. I spent the last week studying this passage because I wrote an exegetical on it. And because, you know, I'm very smart and I'm just like, if I write an exegetical about something I'm passionate and borderline mad about... I'll do great on this paper. But then I just get mad and throw things for a little bit. And then I write my paper. And she rants to me. And then it. I rant to you. It's great. It's a great cycle. Very good so I'm going to point out how this is kind of broken up first. Because obviously we're not going to read the whole passage. Um, the first three verses. Starting is, in verse 10. For, starting in verse 10. 10. So if you have your Bible, grab yeah, it and grab follow it, along here. Which is so cool. Um, the first is like talking about kind of building a case. It's saying, like, who can find a virtuous wife and a capable wife? She's more precious than rubies. So kind of setting up that this kind of person is pretty valuable in your life. Hmm. And then it's going through, like, the next verse is talking about how the people around her can trust her. And it's beneficial to them to have her in her life, in their life, which is Kind of going back to the first eight chapters where we talk about wisdom and folly. Mm-hmm. You're talking about how wisdom is crying in the streets, begging people to come listen to her. And Folly's like, no, come with me. We'll have the time of our life. It's going to yeah. be so much fun. We yeah. don't have responsibilities or anything. It's and over and over, the time. wise person does the work and yeah. like puts in the work to feed and provide mm-hmm. for their family. Mm-hmm. And they don't just hit snooze on their alarm clock constantly. Like, mm-hmm. they don't put their hand into the dish and they're too lazy to bring it up to their mouth, which in our culture, wow, that's relevant. Not me hitting relevant. the snooze button seven times this morning. Well, it's not just that. It, I'm not <laughs> saying that hitting snooze is a sin, but this this idea that, that it's all you, you got to do the work. It's not about, like, this entitlement to mm-hmm. sleep and the entitlement to not work and everything mm-hmm. like that. I don't know. Sound kind of familiar? Does that sound kind of like yeah. our culture? Maybe of the... Just a little bit. Just a lot. Kind of the whole movement to mm-hmm. you don't have to do any work. Mm-hmm. You're entitled to just take a self-care day. Ooh, buzzword. Self-care. Ooh, yeah. That's a big one that gets thrown around. It's like, and you're entitled to all of these mm-hmm. things. And that is a huge yeah. thing in our culture. Folly has definitely gotten a hold mm-hmm. of everyone. Um, continuing on sections yeah so then the next little bit she verses 13 to 15 you see her she's like a merchant ship bringing food from afar and if you know anything about culture back before we had airplanes which I hope you do um, that's a lot of money that's a lot of time that's a lot of work. That's a lot of planning. Because if a storm comes in, you lose all of your money for the next, like, two years. Minimum. <laughs> Minimum. <laughs> That's a lot of work. But she is described as a merchant who is consistently planning ahead, providing, mm-hmm. and caring, and doing so in a way that is sustainable. Mm. You have to be smart. You have to be strategic. And she's doing it herself. 
Um, she's in the next verse. She's described as someone who's getting up before her servants mm-hmm. to start working, and not just to start working to care for her servants. Yeah, she doesn't. That's, she's not working yeah, hard no. enough so she can hire servants and have to do nothing all day. Yeah. She hires servants so that she doesn't have to do everything mm-hmm. and have some help, yeah. but she provides for her servants first, well, like uh, mm-hmm. for her family and then yeah. her servants first before anything else. And and she doesn't discriminate between them. In the same sentence, she's preparing breakfast for her household, and she's. Uh, I'm reading the NLT right now. In the ESV, it says that um, she's portioning out. For her servants. Mm-hmm. Um, in the same same sentence. This one says she's planning the day out for her servants, which is fair too. She's delegating. She's yeah. not just doing it herself. Um, the next Providing work. Yeah. Good economy. Yeah. She's almost like she's caring. capitalism. I'm oh, wow. Sorry. Wow. I... <laughs> oh, okay. So yeah, you see her like the the first bit she's she's caring for everyone around her with no partiality. The next one She's described as someone who's going to inspect fields. She's planning new business ventures. She looks out at a vineyard and says, you know what? I can make money with this. I can make a profitable vineyard. The soil's good. The space is good. The mm-hmm. sunlight is good. Good investment. Good investment. So she she looks. She doesn't just go on Airbnb and say, yeah, this is all right. She goes out and she checks. And she's looking at the soil. She's walking around the property and she's like, yeah, this is, this is good. And then she buys it, which is very interesting because women couldn't do that. And she's just like, yeah, no, I'm going to buy this. And her reputation, she just, yeah, absolutely. Mm. You can, you can buy that, which says a lot about her character Mm. because she has she, this authority. She has a lot of authority. That wasn't really typical no. to the culture of the day. You know what this makes me think of? Lydia. Yeah. The seller of purple goods. Mm-hmm. Which comes up later. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Well, that's oh, yeah. a, just a little a teaser there then. Um, <laughs> and then not only that, she she makes sure that her work is profitable and she works late into the night, which is typically dangerous, actually, in that time. You couldn't. One commentary said that's, like, a time where if you're out late, like, that's dangerous for a woman. Not unlike now. But she's she's working hard. Or is this a, is this a maybe a night culture thing? No. Because in hot places, usually night culture is a little more active and actually a lot safer because you take off a few hours mm-hmm. in the afternoon in the heat of the day and you'd sleep then and then you'd stay up later and it's actually not that unsafe. Um, In that term, maybe, but... Robbers, burglars. Robbers, burglars. Okay. And so it depends on how yeah. late into the night. I yeah. guess into the night would probably also imply. late into the night is something that not a lot of people could afford to do because mm-hmm. oil was expensive. Yes, and she's able to it's burn her oil yeah. into the night. So she's using her money late, which should be a sign of wealth. But she's using it to work. Mm-hmm. She's not like I can afford to sit back and relax. She's she's using her money to work, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which is interesting. Next section talks about how she's caring for everyone versus, around her. Versus, which um, is there? This is 19 to 21. Okay. Her hands are really strong. She's busy making cloth herself. So this is her second business venture that she's working on. Um, but then in the same... It's interesting because it 
it's kind of almost a chiasm. It's using very similar words here. Her hands are working and hard. So she'd probably have some pretty calloused hands. They wouldn't be nice, din- gentle, dainty, haven't been used for a thing in her She's life. got some calluses. But mm-hmm. in the same breath, she's helping out the poor and the needy and extending her hands to do that. Mm. Her hands are not just for herself. She's working hard for her family. She's working hard for those she's responsible for. But then she's also working hard so that she can provide for those who can't. Mm. Which is also... I'm going to come back to all this and explain how it's God's character in a minute. Um, Then the next 21 to um, 20 and 22 talks about how she's providing for those around her. And Mm. she has no fear is a characteristic of her. Um, everyone in her family is well provided for, not just the bare minimum. She made, like, the beds are lined with linen, which is very expensive. Her, her family is clothed in purple and scarlet. Expensive. Expensive. Mm -hmm. And also, this is, she's making fabric that you would have to import from Egypt. Yes. Um. Linen is from... Linen is from Egypt. She has to either pay a lot of money for it, or she has to grow flax and weave that herself, because they didn't make that. No. Also, linen doesn't take dye well, so it has to be extremely high quality of dye and of fabric. hmm And so, there's a lot of work and a lot of thought being put into this. And fine linen. This thin linen, actually, like, it's, it's a lost mm-hmm. art, really, mm-hmm. on this cult- in our culture, with machines... Uh, it's very hard to do, but there was an art of making a linen linen cloth that was so fine and so transparent that an eight foot by eight foot section of of cloth, like of mm-hmm. this kind of linen, could have been pulled through a woman's wedding ring. Yeah, it was so fine. Fine linen was a desirable thing. Is she making linen that fine? Who we knows? Don't know. But like that, but... that's a fun little archaeology yeah. fact for you that it's... just. Like it was a lot of work. Yeah, we we have no clue what this, this is like. We going li- to we really live in a lap of luxury, yeah. but we've also lost a lot of luxuries and the appreciation for any luxury that these people would have had. Yeah, and so the next is interesting. It's coming back to the linen idea, but um, her husband is well known at the gates, which means he's pro- he's, he's very prominent. important. In the gates is where you would sit and discuss. Business when mm. you would have transactions where you would go to be for advice, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. It's where where yeah. wise where wise men would it's, sit. It's also like the equivalent would be where l- lawyers are. Yeah, like yeah, men who have a lot of power. It's where all the business transactions pull, and stuff. Which is also probably why she was allowed to buy those properties. It doesn't say that she had any like her husband was involved in those. Is that implied though? Maybe. Maybe. But it's more if she and if anybody had a problem with it, she's like, "Go talk to my husband," and he's just like, "He's yeah, sitting in the gate, go for it, dealing with all yeah. of the business transactions yeah. and earning honor and respect." Yeah. Here and you are. What are you doing? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of a bit of a slap in the face, but it's fine. <laughs> At least that's what I like to think about it as. Well, of course, like of course, you me would being problematic, and so then, um, and she makes linen garments and sashes to sell to the merchants. So here we see business venture number three. She's not only making things, she's not only building things, she's also selling things and doing well and expensive things. But um, she's doing it, it 
kind of i saw one thing as she's dressing her and her husband for the position that they have Hmm. they're commanding respect with how they dress because they're both pretty respectable people they've done well Mm -hmm. it's not saying that you can't wear or you have to wear sackcloth and be sad like you believe that for clothing today commanding respect like what you mm -hmm. wear does does i think we've lost that a little bit yeah but Um, should we have i think so i think so i believe in dressing for the circumstance and the job Mm -hmm. that's why i will wear a dress while i'm cleaning just Mm -hmm. so that i want to get it done mostly it's good what you wear does command respect so i don't know it's a thing it's like you could tell someone to dress Mm -hmm. modestly i'd rather tell them to dress appropriately and see how that shifts because it is it's like what is appropriate for Mm -hmm. you command some respect you Mm -hmm. it's not that you deserve any respect Mm -hmm. but it's like you know what you can command it you can command some respect and that will show in more than just your clothing. Um, but the it all kind of comes to a head here in twenty five to thirty specifically, um, where they we are no longer talking about what she does. It it really addresses her character and how she's perceived. So she's clothed in. She has all this expensive clothing, all this wealth mm-hmm. and she's described as someone who's clothed in strength and dignity it's the second time she's been said to be clothed in yeah. strength that's her that's her defining trait mm. um and she laughs without fear of the future when she speaks her words are wise and she gives extra- instructions with kindness which it's easy when you have a lot of knowledge and a lot of wealth to say things that sound really smart and sound like a jerk she's not characterized by that She's characterized by her kindness, her strength, and her dignity. Um, she watches everything in her household, and nothing suffers of laziness. She set an example, not only for the people around her, but for her family. Her family is now following in her footsteps, and her servants are now following in her footsteps. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she's the next couple verses, she's praised by her family, who I think that is saying a lot. Because you can fake wisdom, you can fake knowledge, you can fake being kind, but the people who know you best are the people who are going to see if that falls apart. And they don't. They see this as consistent character throughout her entire life, Mm -hmm. which is incredible. And then we get to verse 31, which kind of is the focus, the, the... you know how every allegory has, like, a meaning that can be wrapped up in a sentence? A moral? Mm-hmm. This is it. Charm is deceptive. Beauty does not last. But a woman who fears the Lord will be greatly praised. Mm. Fears the Lord. Fears the Lord. Is another bookend. Is something <laughs> that, if you go back and you read this passage, it's pretty easy to come to the conclusion that she does all of this because easy she Easy and very reasonable. And Lord. not yeah. hermeneutically unsound. No. Because... If you go back, virtuous, capable, precious, brings good, not harm, trustworthy, enriches life. She is diligent. She's persistent. She's intelligent. She's thinking about what she's doing and she's doing it with wisdom. But then it goes a little bit further. She's working hard, not just for her 
like mind for her wisdom she's taking care of her body she's working out because she needs to have the ability she probably to... would need to work out with how much work she has to do but yeah she's <laughs> she's making sure that she's physically capable to do the work she's doing mm-hmm. she's not giving any excuse she's providing well she's respected and overall <laughs> these are characteristics that remind me of someone else who's kind of key Oh no. This this carpenter who worked hard, diligently, provide for his family, provided his own income, walked around for three years. He's very kind. Very kind, yeah. very loving. He's definitely taking care of everyone. Clothed in strength around. and wisdom and a lot of dignity too. Yeah. Until he was not clothed in dignity Until at all. He wasn't. And he was also clothed in purple. Yeah. Um in, or scarlet, whatever. It was purple. In a uh, purple robe mm-hmm. and mocked. Who was that again? I think he was, I think his name was Jesus. Yeah. But, correct, that sounds about Jesus? right. Jesus? Yeah. Is that? Yeah, that sounds about right. Is that, is that how, you, am I pronouncing that right? Can you tell I'm like lacking the coffee? I'm so sarcastic right Brilliant. now. I only had like a quarter of a cup that I normally have on the podcast. So yeah. Anyways, so Jesus. So Jesus. Basically, so did you just say Jesus is a Proverbs 31 woman because we might have to burn you as a heretic if that's what you're saying? No, I'm saying that Jesus feared the Lord ah. and that people are also <laughs> supposed to fear <laughs> the Lord. And it's funny because the book of Proverbs starts out with an intro of kind of what the book is all going to be about. Mm-hmm. About wisdom, understanding, let the wise hear. And then it says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Mm-hmm. And then it ends as well with mm-hmm. this woman who is a picture of strength and dignity. Oh, look, and she fears the Lord too. Mm-hmm. It's almost like it was intentional. Almost mm-hmm. like it's inspired scripture that mm-hmm. the Lord has placed before us. Almost like that. To notice these Imagine. things and be like, oh, that must be important because it was repeated. So this is not an allegory. It's actually life. And it's not for just women. Who are in the church. Yeah, sorry if you're a guy and you tune this yeah, out. Go back no, and listen. Back, uh... Because <laughs> guess what? You're supposed to fear the Lord. You're supposed to care for those who are needy. You're supposed to be clothed in strength and dignity. That's supposed to be your like defining traits, which is hard for me. And like overall, if you go back to verse 30, charm is deceptive and beauty is passing, but fear will be the one thing that lasts fear of the lord is the one Mm, thing that lasts remain and i think it's interesting because charm doesn't necessarily appear like apply to outward appearance you think a lot about like the stereotypical disney bad guy who seems really charming and just can like convince everybody that they got it all together that doesn't last either like this isn't just talking about your appearance. This is talking about your conduct. Mm-hmm. You well, what's have, at the center of this yeah, passage? It's caring for the caring poor. Caring for the poor. And Those are things that last. Mm-hmm. It's not the linen. No. It's not the strength of your arms. Your strength will, mm-hmm. will pass away. Mm-hmm. But caring for others, those yeah. are things that the Lord will remember. Yeah, exactly. And how you treated the poor. And not only that, it's the thing that others will remember. She's not doing this for others to remember her, but that's... When people go out in the street, they're not talking about how cute her clothes were or how her children are just so spoiled or blessed. They're talking about how this is a woman who works hard and fears God. Mm. 
So, I hope that you don't skip over this passage if you're a guy. I hope that you don't skip over this passage if you're a girl. I hope you don't sit there and think, man, the only way I can be a godly woman is if I have a wife and kids. I hope you also don't think that the only way that you can be perceived as godly is having a lot of money and working hard. <laughs> Those things will pass away. They'll burn. I, I hope that what you get out of this passage is that you fear the Lord. You do all in all that she does. She loves the Lord with all her heart, soul, mind, and strength. And she serves the Lord with all of her heart, soul, mind, and strength. Mm. She is not doing all this for herself. She's doing it to God's glory mm. because she fears the Lord. And it's interesting that she fears the Lord because she does not fear anything else. She doesn't fear snow or anything Which like that. Because, is a big deal. Because everyone's clothed and, and ready for winter. Mm -hmm. If it gets cold, they'll be she, cared for. She doesn't fear the future, which if you know anything about business, if you know anything about money, it's really easy to fear the future because one thing goes wrong and you lose a lot of it, mm -hmm. but she doesn't. Yeah, there could be a drought and she'd lose that vineyard that yeah. she invested oh, yeah. in, right? But yeah. she doesn't fear that. No, she doesn't. And it's. I hope that that's also encouraging to you. Mm. Fear of the Lord has a lot to do with trusting him mm -hmm. to be mm -hmm. to be good in every single circumstance, right? It's, it involves a heart of worship that knows mm -hmm. these circumstances are not what defines my relationship with the Lord. The Lord is good yesterday, today, and forever. So whether or not a drought comes and destroys that vineyard or whatever mm -hmm. investment, the future thing that you're worried about, it is fearing the Lord first and foremost that gives you strength and security. Yep. That is your strength is in the Lord. Mm -hmm. So, those are my thoughts. Nice. This is the 37-minute version of my thoughts. She has a lot more. I have a lot more. Yep. If you find me, you can come talk to me about Proverbs 31. and She would love it. You'll regret it, but I'll have a good time. You can also read her paper on it. It's really yeah. good. I don't give my papers out to people because it's scary. Well, but it was really good, so you oh, should. fair enough. Anyways. Okay. Well, be blessed in the most chaotic way possible. And enjoy your coffee. <laughs>